0: Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the show. I'm Chris Graham, joined by Rod Mullins. We're talking on Tuesday this week because the Coca-Cola 600 delayed by rain for a whole day. Finally got the race underway on Monday, and they finished late last night because weather still was an issue during the day on Monday. And uh, we'll talk about, you know, how things wrapped up the winner and, you know, top five and all that fun stuff. But we got some breaking news here. Uh, As we're talking on Tuesday, Rod, uh, there was a dust up between Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott yesterday,
1: and there's some breaking news involving Chase Elliott. Well, let's just say this. If you're not familiar with what happened yesterday, Chase Elliott said that Denny Hamlin had just pinched him up against the wall, and then out of left field, he turns, his car turns and goes into Denny Hamlin, and thus taking both of them out. And, uh, Denny Hamlin was not too happy, uh, as he got knocked out of the race and Chase Elliott did too. Um, Chase Elliott said, uh, I didn't intentionally do it. I didn't intentionally do anything like that. You know, when these cars get up against the wall or somebody hits them, they're worthless after that. They just don't drive well. And that's exactly what happened. Well, folks, I'm going to tell you, I looked at it several times watching the replay um, either that car became possessed like Christine in the Stephen King (laughs) movies, or he deliberately turned it into Denny Hamlin. There was just no doubt about it. Um, you know, he may have just took his hands off the wheel. Who knows what he did? I don't know at this point, but Denny Hamlin was just point blank and said he ought to be suspended. And he even called out his driver from 2311 Motorsports, Bubba Wallace, when this happened, uh against uh kyle larson at las vegas you know and there was a little dust up between those two bubba wallace did get suspended so um denny being the uh, judge jury and executioner now in nascar pretty much pronounces judgment and we find out this afternoon right before we're going on with the podcast that nascar has suspended chase elliott for this week's race at st louis Yeah,
0: I'm reading the uh, report here. Uh, Officials cited sections 4.3a and 4.4c and d of the NASCAR member code of conduct, uh, basically uh, ruling that, yeah, that Elliott intentionally crashed Hamlin on lap 186. And, you know, I was watching the replay a few times uh, on the NASCAR website. And, yeah, I mean, everything you described there, Rod, it was definitely intentional. Picking up from what Denny Hamlin had to say after the race yesterday, after he got knocked out of the race Um, his car got mangled in that crash. Mm -hmm. Uh, and also Elliot did too, actually sustaining significant damage. So he, you know, he calls the crash, but it wasn't able to evade the damage afterwards. Hamlin said, it's a tantrum. He shouldn't be racing next week. Right rear hooks are absolutely unacceptable. I don't care. And as you mentioned, he he referenced the Bubba Wallace suspension last year. Um, is this something, I mean, these are two of the sports, um, top racers and and certainly best known names and, and guys who are always in the championship mix. Is this something that we can see kind of fester as the season goes on between these guys?
1: Yeah, it could. But, I, I, you know, this is the thing that I think Clint Boyer and them were talking yesterday on the broadcast about. You know, you've already missed, gosh, how many races at the beginning of the season, something like six or seven races after he went, got in the snowboarding accident, uh, broke his bone, broke his uh, his leg. And then here he is. And then the next thing that happens you know he's knocked out of it he's got to race his way into playoff contention and he has to have some great finishes or some wins you don't go and do things like that you don't go make bonehead decisions just because you feel like somebody has pinched you up against the wall you know i mean it may have may be okay in some people's books but it's not okay if you're trying to race to get in contention. Four points and try to get into the playoffs. Uh, I think that was the one thing that uh, Clint Boyer really pulled out uh, of the hat, and and, uh, Tony Stewart did about the same thing. Let me just read you here the official uh, Hendrick Motorsports statement. I just got it here just a few minutes ago. It said, we understand NASCAR's need to maintain consistency in its officiating. The penalty will not be appealed, and we will submit a formal request for a playoff waiver. That's what, that's what they're calling here. Corey LaJoy is going to drive the number nine Chevrolet Camaro this weekend at Worldwide Technology Raceway. We're grateful to Corey for stepping in and to the team at Spire Motorsports for making him available. And that's pretty much short, simple, and sweet. And I think the only thing I was going to talk about till we got to this decision this afternoon was, here's the deal. NASCAR had to do something because Denny Hamlin has been on Hendrick Motorsports, it seems like, all season. There's been things about the race at Le Mans. Uh, Hendrick and NASCAR in like Flynn with each other. You know, he's made those kind of statements. And, you know, Hendrick got out of a a major league little thing that happened here early on in the season, and, you know, they kind of waived everything. They kind of appealed. They looked at it, and they said, okay, we're just going to go back to – you know, we're going to go back to the drawing board and let you guys go back out there and have at it again and so forth. And everybody kind of thought at that point, hey, um, this doesn't look right. You know, does it does it appear to be that NASCAR is in Hendrick's back pocket or is Hendrick in NASCAR's back pocket? Uh, Denny Hamlin had pointed that out. And I think more than anything else, NASCAR had to step up. If NASCAR had simply smacked him on the hand and said, we're going to penalize you. Um, I think NASCAR's um, credibility would have suffered tremendously, I think after this particular incident between him and Hamlin. And so they had to do something and I th- and I applaud the decision because it separates them. There's still going to be that thought that uh, the two are in like Flynn with each other in the in the circuit, but still you had to do something, you had to take a stand and I mean, it was even more so when Denny Hamlin spoke of his own driver, like I told you earlier, uh, talking about bubble Wallace. And he said, bubble Wallace deserved to be punished. You know, that's a park car, uh, car owner going out on the limb saying, you know, Hey, my man deserved it, you know, punish him the same way that you punish my man for what he ended up doing out on the track here last year. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of commend NASCAR for making this decision it was probably one of those scary ones that was going to cause controversy if they'd gone the other way.
0: It'll be the seventh race that Elliott will miss this season. He you know, missed the sixth after the broken left leg from the right. snowboarding accident, and uh, he was replaced by Josh Berry five times. Uh, Jordan Taylor uh, was a substitute at the Circuit of the Americas, um, and so Corey Joy will be taking his uh, turn uh, in the seat this weekend. There was one other suspension we might as well talk about. Uh, folks might remember from – Late in the race uh, yesterday when they saw that tire rolling down the track off of Michael yep. McDowell's car, um, it was – and that's an obvious violation. It was going to lead to suspensions, and uh, Front Row Motorsports number 34 team, the front tire changer, uh, Scott Brozowski and Jack May and Adam Lewis suspended for the next two races. So, um, you know, that's that's something you don't see happen that often, uh, but uh, well, that's dangerous to see uh, – uh, you know, to, to have, a, have a tire completely come off the wheel there
1: yeah and uh you know we saw this we saw this uh similar scenario if you want to call it that in the indianapolis 500 there was a tire that got away from one of the uh the crews uh there when they were in the pits and so forth and they managed to get it and you know the indy series went ahead and they ruled they said okay you know we're just we're not going to penalize him on the track it'll be a it'll be a monetary uh you know, punishment out of it and so the driver got by with it so that was kind of a lucky thing but uh, you know still uh, at the same time uh, you've got to be in control of those tires you've got to find a way to get those tires have them under control if that loose tire gets out there on the middle part of the uh, you know the drive-through right there as you're coming through on pit road uh, then it causes damage for somebody else and it could also be an obstacle out there for something else going on in the race. That's the reason why NASCAR is so particular over this tire thing, getting away from the, from the crews and so forth. So, yeah, I kind of expected that, but, uh, you know, we got to talk about this, uh, and I think we're going to lead into it. You, we were going to talk a little bit about the, the win from uh, last night by Ryan Blaney. Incredible that team Penske comes up with a sweep, uh, this year uh, 2023 at Indianapolis and at Charlotte.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about Blaney. Uh, you know, and a tough weekend for everybody out there. I mean, you know, sitting out there on Sunday, the the weather was not going to be, uh, conducive to racing, but they did give it a try. And then even yesterday they, they finally finished it up late, um, it was it was nighttime when I think when they finally finished it up. I know I was flipping back and forth between that and a baseball game and a and a basketball game. So it was at least maybe nine o'clock when they finally got it wrapped up last night. But Blaney winning his first couple Coca-Cola six hundred, breaking that long winless streak. Uh, big big uh weekend for him.
1: Yeah, it was a big weekend. And you know, like you said, that 59 race losing streak, he had not won a race in 59 races. Um, he'd won one Charlotte race, but that was the Roval race. That was the first Roval race that I had a chance to cover when it came to Charlotte. Um, he won that one. It was kind of a, a, fluke thing when he won it because Jimmy Johnson and Martin Truex were going at it with each other, but this was his first 600 win. This was a big win for him. And this was deserving of this team because they have been, on the firing line i think since the very beginning of the season from folks wanting to know whether they're going to be able to turn the corner if they're going to do something with their uh with their season and um you know they they did uh they actually this was the race that i think i mentioned before um i think i mentioned it in the in the news article you can either go into charlotte And you either have a bad series of races and Charlotte can turn it around for you, or you have another bad race at Charlotte and it pretty much dictates maybe how the rest of your season is going to go. It just changes things dramatically. Now, does this put Ryan Blaney in the catbird seat of winning the championship this year? No, I don't think so. We're still not through, uh, the biggest majority of the regular season races. Uh, we still have what, 10 more, I think something like 10 more to go, something of that nature. So we've got those still left to go. He's in, he doesn't have to worry about it right now, but the thing he has to worry about, he has to finish well. He has to stay ahead of the pack keep those points going, whether it's through the, um, you know, each uh, segment of the race and stuff. If he wins one of those segments of the race gets those points for being, you know, runner up and so forth, that's good for him. But if he has any kind of thing that happens like it did for Denny Hamlin, like it did for chase Elliott, um, then his chances are going to start slipping away and he could be on that cutoff line. Like he was last year when he made it in by points, he didn't win a race last year but he made it in by the skin of his teeth on the points. And then right as he made it in, he started fading away after that. So he has to stay in front. He has to be on top of his game. And that's something last night that he admitted in his interview. I thought the interview with uh, Jamie Little was just incredible to hear a driver come right out and say that. Usually they're pretty cocky when they come out of the car. I mean, we're used to seeing Kyle Busch and some others jump out of the car and they say all this other you know, thing about, you know, I had a great car and I had this and stuff and I had a great team, but Ryan Blaney said something that kind of took me by surprise. He said, I was beginning to wonder if we were ever going to win again. And that's something that gets inside the head of a driver. I'm not sure it gets in all of the driver's heads. But, you know, when you're a driver like Ryan Blaney, who is capable of winning races, you've got good equipment underneath you that's, you know, pulling you around the track and you can last through 400 laps, 600 miles. That's saying something. Now the thing is, how do you take advantage of it?
0: Uh, What was the situation going on during, again, a long weekend, a lot of time for sitting back and reflecting, or in the case of Bubba Wallace and Eric Almarola, um temper's flared a little bit. We don't know exactly, at least I don't know exactly what what was going on there. And is there any going to be any repercussions for those guys uh going forward with NASCAR?
1: I don't know if there'll be any kind of repercussions and stuff. Since this was in a reg, red flag situation, they were out there on you know pit road and they were talking, but Eric Almarola approached Bubba Wallace, and it had to do with something over the way that Eric Almirola felt like he was being, uh, you know, I guess, competed against by Bubba in this whole thing, by Bubba Wallace, and he just didn't like the way he was being raced by Bubba Wallace, and at one point, Eric Almirola said, you know, Bubba came by me, he flipped me the bird, and you know, he said, that set me off, and I felt like I needed to go, and I needed to have a talk with him. And, you know, they're kind of away from each other. They've got a guy there that's kind of standing guard. Matter of fact, it's the same guy, I think, that broke up the Ross Chastain and the Noah Gregson fight that uh, Ross Chastain landed a uh, uh, hit to the, what was, what was it? The right side. Yeah. of Noah Gregson's uh, jaw. But um, he breaks it up again as Eric Almarola goes and gives Bubba Wallace a shove and credit one of the fans that was up in the stands at that time with the video camera because Fox didn't even catch this. Nobody caught this except for a fan, and I hope he got a good payday out of this one way or another of capturing that video or at least gets you know, over a million views because he was the only one that got that distinct video between Almirola and Bubba Wallace having that disagreement on pit road.
0: Yeah. uh, On a day where uh, Almirola got caught up in a wreck later um, and um, Bubba ended up uh, coming back from uh, for a while, being outside the top 20. Uh, His last restart actually had a pretty good car and got uh, finished fourth. Um, His response (laughs) when he was asked about the the conversation, it was a pretty short answer. Yeah. Passionate man. Um, uh, So uh, those two guys, uh, you know, I mean, you know, Bubba, that's for, for Bubba Wallace. That's what three straight top fives, a career best for him. Uh so um he's he's on a little bit of a hot streak right now. And I I guess that probably doesn't count uh his his finish in the all-star race. I imagine so, because that doesn't that wasn't a points race. So uh nice little stretch of racing for Bubba. Uh who else stood out yesterday from you for you, Rod, uh in, in terms of the the finishers in the six hundred?
1: Well, uh, I guess if I really want to go to the extreme on it, there were a variety of different kind of performances yesterday in the race. And let me go and let me get the, uh, the finishing, uh, the finishing status on the race here altogether. As I look at it, uh, you know, Kevin Harvick ran really well there for a while. I thought Kevin Harvick was going to run away and he was actually going to come away with a win. He was going to do so well, and then he gets caught up in a little, uh, little uh, um, mishap. Let's just call it that way. Out on the track, and then he gets collected, taken out, and then he ends up finishing. Although he finishes 11th, he still finished, you know, pretty, you know, respectable considering and so forth. But he finished on the lead lap. Uh, you know, I can't complain about him whatsoever the way he came out of that. But uh, Alex Bowman. Um, first race back from his, um, uh, from his fractured vertebra. I think the story we reported here, uh, about a week or two ago, uh, concerning his comeback with the Charlotte race, uh, he finished a respectable, uh, 12th, Kevin Harvick finished 11th, but Bowman felt like he had a better car, a car that could have got him, uh, maybe into the top five, but it just wasn't meant to be. Another good performance by Ryan Priest uh, in that uh, Ford, that number 41 Ford for Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, but then you start seeing some things go the opposite way. Brad Keslowski, he was running well there at first. Uh, I think he even led a couple of laps in there, kind of held his own there uh, at the front of the pack. He ended up finishing 19th after a great run. Uh, his other driver, uh, Chris Busher, he finished eighth. So that tells you that uh, that team is rebounding, but it just didn't show up at least for Brad Keselowski yesterday. And then as I go on down through here, I'm looking at Christopher Bell. He got caught up in a mishap yesterday, and it put him at finishing at 24th. Of course, Eric Almirola at 25th. Uh, just going on down the line here, Kyle Larson, he ended up having bad luck yesterday and he ended up finishing 30th. That's not a good win or good situation for him right now, because he could be left scrambling after, you know, a couple of, uh, DNFs this season, this one, and I think there was one or two more, uh, that could really put him in a hurt before it's over with. And then of course we mentioned Chase Elliott finishing 34th, Noah Gregson 36th but I guess the big one right here surprised me finishing dead last in the 84 Chevrolet Camaro, Jimmy Johnson. He was caught up in an accident and I don't know if he thought that he was going to be able to get back out there on the track and he was just going to run circles around everybody else, pardon the pun, Hmm. but he was, you know, still at the situation. I think he thought maybe I'll, I have a good chance at this and you only make it into 37 laps you know, and then you're, you're done out of this whole thing. I think it happened on lap 30. Uh, I think that's where he started at. Um, let's see here. I'm going to go back and look. He only completed 115 laps. i take that back. So he completed 115 laps, but he was dead last in the race and not a good look there because there's two of the three. Well, Eric Jones finished 32nd. So all three of the legacy motor club drivers finished at least in the, the 30 through 37th position so not a good uh, take for that after of course him uh being lauded as you know the next uh part-time owner car owner whatever you want to call it with legacy motor club uh didn't pan out for him yesterday
0: shows how tough it is even the uh the many-time champion <laughs> he struggles out yeah. there when he's not out there every week right so yeah. uh this week, uh, the Enjoy Illinois 300 uh, at the aforementioned worldwide technology raceway. don't I don't know a lot about this track in Illinois. Uh, it's a one point two five mile track. Uh, races Sunday at three thirty on FS one.
1: What can you tell us about the race? It's a short track. Uh, you know, it's similar to the similar to a Charlotte, maybe just a tad bit smaller. Um, kind of what I refer to as the cookie cutter track, so to speak. But uh, this race last year produced some really great racing between some of the teams. And a lot of people were bragging on the, uh, the Coke 600 as being such a tremendous race yesterday, exciting all the way down to the very end. I think this race could probably be one as well. Uh, they're going into, um, well, I call it St. Louis. It's technically right there on the river, and it kind of falls in between with East St. Louis and the way that uh, Illinois kind of comes down with the way Missouri all meets up. And so um, they kind of consider this to be in St. Louis or at least home track of St. Louis. But I think what we'll see in this one is a lot of hard charging, hard racing coming up this weekend, especially uh, there in uh, at World worldwide uh, technology park there in St. Louis. I think uh, you got to look out for some of these guys that have been, really good on the short tracks here so far this season you know Joey Logano is one guy we didn't mention uh Logano was running pretty well yesterday in the race uh he ended up getting caught up in one of the melees of the 16 cautions I think that they had uh Logano likes this track Logano this is the kind of track that he's tuned to um he might have a great performance this coming weekend and stuff and it would be just that much special for Team Penske uh, after, of course, sweeping this past weekend with the Indy 500 and then the Coke 600. It would be just another feather in the cap for Team Penske and the and the captain, Roger Penske, to get a win the following week after uh, the Coke 600. So um, a lot of lot of ifs and maybes in there. Um, I'm beginning to wonder, too, how will a uh, Corey LaJoy maybe figure into this? He's going to be driving, actually going to be under some – you know, some good parts, some, you know, some good equipment, he could end up pulling off his first win, surprising everybody stepping in for uh, Chase Elliott. Uh, who knows, he's ran really well at Atlanta before. So we'll just have to wait and see how this one could come out. It could be anybody's race for that matter. Anything else on your mind as we get ready to wrap up the show as far as NASCAR or anything else, Rock? Nope, nothing right offhand. I think that's pretty much got it. So, uh, well, we
0: got we got breaking news on this us. show.
1: We, yeah, we, we got breaking break news. news. Yeah,
0: that's good. And of course, for those out there, if you want to catch up on Rod's coverage of uh, the Coca Cola 600, it's on the Augusta Free Press website, uh, in the sports section and on the front page right now. So, uh, so go check that out and uh, we'll get ready for the weekend. Rod has got us uh, prepared uh, for more on, um, NASCAR news from Augusta Free Press. Just go to AugustaFreePress.com. For Rod Mullins, I'm Chris Graham signing off. Everyone have a great week.